We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. I'm going to say something because I see it in the chat. And Left, if you disagree with me, that's fine. It's like a hundred. You say a hundred. Keep you. You guys get eighty. Was it eighty-five scholarship players? Yeah. In programs, and the total players within the program is close to a hundred. When you talk yeah, walk-ons right and stuff like that. Yeah, right around a hundred. <clears throat> the top players in your program are about getting to the next level. That's, that's, the top 10, that's 10 people. That's the top priority. Winning a championship, if they can win one as a team on the way to getting to the next level, then fine. That's great. That's great. You got three to four chances at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you sit down with Jeremiah Love, and this is me and my opinion, I disagree. Kyron did the right thing. Yeah, he did the right thing. It doesn't matter where. No one takes running backs in the first and second round. So if you go in rounds three, four, five, that's where running backs get taken. Yeah, Jameer the first is, one, right? and he's killing right now for the rent. So how he's having success? So how how can you tell him the only reason he didn't have success last year is because he got injured? The Lakers, yeah, absolutely. And he's a year closer to the bag, which is his second contract. That's what I'm saying. If anything, he it, it makes sense that he got drafted fifth round. He, he got to skip a year of getting hurt and, and getting injured. He's playing and being productive his second year. Now, third year, he's going to have to get a bag coming off of a good year he'll have this year. I mean, if anything, it played out pretty good for him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. But still, leaving when he did, shoot, the NIL stuff wasn't in place. Yeah. You know, why not? You know, it's better to get paid $6 million and be able to go back to school anytime you want because you got that credit now. you in the NFL doing your thing. They're going to let you come back. I mean, hell, right. they let Jerome Bettis come back 40 years later. Uh, Jay Lamont, I'm sorry, man. You're talking about your emotions, dude. I see you talking about winning championships. The best players in the program, championship is secondary. Regardless, they got and, three years to do and it. And they'll they they'll tell you that if you if you sit and talk to them, they will tell you that. They'll give you all the team PC stuff, wanting to win championships. They've been playing football their whole life to go to the NFL. Nothing yeah, I mean, you're aspiring that. to win a championship by aspiring to do that and getting that's not me. I'm we'll telling you from conversations I've actually had with college football players. Malik played. He's telling you was at the top. Championships at Georgia come with the territory. The main thing that pushes top talent at top programs is the NFL. And hell, getting paid in the fifth round is still more than your entry-level job after college. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I know it's fifth round, and it's like, yeah, okay, it's a big drop-off from first-round money, but fifth-round money is way better than coming out of college working any job you basically could have unless you just hooked up. Or coming or playing another year in Notre Dame that's not heavy into NIL. So why would Kyron come back? For what? For what? He earned his opportunity. Man, be a workhorse for another year and beat my body up? When they already disrespect us in the NFL, no, I'm getting to the bag. I'm going and I'm getting to the the bag. What's the chances he come back and he get drafted higher than fifth? He ain't getting faster. People, man, people got this fantasy. You know, (laughs) people got this fantasy, bro. People got this fantasy about their college football programs as fans and like playing for a championship and all of that. All right. 
the vast majority of the best players in college football are about the NFL. Period. Shador is about the NFL. Shador is coming back to help his dad. To help his dad. I don't think he Absolutely. Knows. I don't think Shador sees it, but I think we see it. We know. Who else is who else is telling eight? <laughs> who do you know? Would tell the cameras around the world that they first round son, damn near second round son, is not going next year because he's not going number one? That ain't even reasonable. That's not even reasonable. So yeah, it's definitely strictly for Dion. Yeah. And nothing else. Man. Brock Bowers is probably laughing. Like, sit down. Hey, Brock, come back for the glory and to yeah. win with your teammates. Brock Bowers is like, what? Man, you better go somewhere with that. Brock Bowers is about to be the highest drafted tight end ever. I'm out. I'm out. Nicole Dean was like, I'm out. Jalen Carter, I'm out. But, it, but the thing is, we're talking about the one percenters. 99 other percent of guys got to take that fourth year. We just that's don't why, that's why I'm sitting up here laughing because we clearly said the best players. We pointed out the numbers, right? 100 yeah. players in your program, 85 scholarships. The absolute best of the best have been the best the majority of their life on each level. And what has pushed them is not winning games in high school you know how many nfl players top nfl players played on bad high school teams bro yeah the whole plan on a good high school football team is like recent it's like a 20-year thing like you got all these kids teaming up together now that's a recent thing man like that ain't it ain't always been like that where the boscos in modern days is like no now you got 17-year-old freshmen being double held back just to play high school football. It's a circus now. It's a circus. And so a kid like Jeremiah Love, him and his father, oh, dude, he talked about in the press conference, him and his father already have a plan, bro. They got a plan. They know. It's three years and out. How is that a bad investment? When you're constantly on campus, you take classes over the summer, and you're prepared to get your Notre Dame degree in three years. Why would you stay? For what? What are you staying for? You got your degree. You're on the NFL radar. And you make yourself, you take, if you're going to take punishment, Get paid and take the punishment. Don't come get punishment away. That's why Kyron running the ball. Kyron was running the ball 25, 26 times a game, bro. Yeah. With his running style. The heck was he going to come back to Notre Dame? Once again, it'd be different if he was in the SEC where they actually are heavily involved with NIL. He's at Notre Dame. Kyron had enough take to leave. Why not? 
Absolutely. He carried the running game for two years. Why would he come back? For what? Kyron wasn't about to be a second-round pick. Regardless. Either way, he was who he was. That's why programs do draft evaluations. That's why they do that. That's why they do it. Isaiah Foskey did not improve his draft evaluation. Isaiah Foskey came back so he could be a first-round pick. He failed. So now what? He failed. He failed. So was it a good decision? He definitely didn't win a national championship. He was a second, third-round pick after three years. He chose to come back to improve his draft stock. And he, he did. In the same place. He's in the same place. So all he ended up doing was just helping Notre Dame another year. It's just fortunate it. he didn't get hurt. You know? That's it. That's oh, it. and he got the and he got the sack record. That's it. He did get the sack record, so that's cool for him. So he just helped out Notre Dame, helped himself get a record. That's it. He that's didn't prove his money or nothing. That's it. Next you're gonna tell graduated. Next you're gonna say Michael Mayer should have stayed another year. For what? Michael Mayer, if anything, you got to get on the tight ends before him. All of them left in three years. <laughs> for what? Cole Komet, get on him. Get Stop on Brock begging, Wright. kid. Stop. This ain't 1970, dude. Y'all act like, y'all just like the NCAA. You're a student athlete. Come win a championship. Man, it's like three, four programs every year that's serious about winning a championship. And honestly, Notre Dame hasn't been there over the last 12 years. Notre Dame hasn't been a serious contender for a championship. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody. The young men in that locker room know. They know. So when they're making business decisions, that's part of it. Cal Hamilton wasn't about to come back for a fourth year. For what? For what? Yeah. <laughs> it's for like what? it's like he, he almost messed up his knee in his third season. Yeah, you you worse off coming back. Man, when you, come when on, you man. in those positions. Guys that are the one percent of the football team, which are four it makes or five absolutely no sense, year. bro. Ben Morrison, we're gonna be talking about him not playing in the next couple. In the next How about year. Jared Jared Patterson? That's another one, right? That came back for his fourth year last oh, year. Oh, it got worse to improve to improve his stock. What happened? It got worse. Matt Barkley, shit, another one. You just name a bunch of dudes coming back when they should. Man, y'all, y'all stop, this stop. Boy. Stop falling for this this okie doke old school NCAA student athlete NCAA point of view of looking at stuff. But like they're getting their degrees in three years. No, that's mostly every kid that's in the program after three years is like right there. Yeah, ready to get a couple, just like average American, a couple credits from finishing. We, like, we, we are no different than anybody. We just a couple credits from finishing. Hell, yeah. how many people you know? I got a couple credits from finishing a nursing degree. Facts. And they got to take it at every community college, a class at every community college to finish. It's just Facts. it's no different. Except uh, Notre Dame, these players just got more money. <laughs> they left for a good starting bonus. They ain't got to live at home. 
and get their own place, go finish their last two classes, and then network. I mean, that's that's every day. And like, like Jay, once again, you keep going in the wrong direction. Talking about win a championship, you preach stay. No. If you have a program where kids in high school can see that they can get three into the NFL, you get the top players, and then you win a championship. Yeah, you win with young guys. They you you going in reverse. That stuff you talking, like I said, that's that 1970s, 80s thing. Oh, stay four years so we can win a championship. Georgia's not telling their players to stay four years. Alabama's not telling their guys to stay four years. Now, for basketball, I think it applies. You look at San Diego State, they were all seniors. I think basketball, it applies. But you're talking about a non-traditional program that's not going to get the top players, they have to go Juco route and other route, transfer route to get their players. They're not getting the top, a top 15 player. Oh, yeah. Same, in same a recruiting same. class. They're yeah. not Duke. They're not Kansas. Yeah, that's true. That, name, name a great player on Georgia, Alabama, the last five years that stayed for that stayed four years. Name them. Only one, only one was Nicobe Dean because he was already undervalued anyway. and he was undersized. Undersized, so he's and he had to come. He's he wasn't the one percent. Absolutely, everybody else was a one percenter. Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, like all these dudes. Were <laughs> Absolutely, Todd Gurley, Sony Michelle, Matthews, like these guys were legit. Keely Rico had think- to stay. Why do you think why you think the Georgia wide receivers transfer after they win a championship? Yeah. So they can play two years, one year at another school and go get to the NFL back. Period. Yeah. Period. Yeah, AJ Mitchell, he went to go get some more money. That's it. He already got the ring. That's, man, AD Mitchell literally is like my third year. I'm going to Texas so I can get more targets. And I can get to the league. Yeah, he already got the ring. That's it. Because if you get the ring your sophomore year, what do you say now, Jay Lamont? What, what, yeah. what, what we supposed to then what? You still got to come back. Regardless, you got to come back in three, so it doesn't matter. You get three opportunities. And hey, you can be. I'm I'm happier in defense as somebody that covers recruiting. Notre Dame is not going to get the top kids until they have a history of getting kids out of this program and high in the first round after three years. If that does not become a consistent trend, they will never recruit at the same level as the top schools. They just won't. They won't. And and, and honestly, and that's fine. That's fine. And if you're doing a degree that's that's outside of the three years you can complete it, most guys that are even doing those type of majors and stuff come back ASAP anyway to finish. You look at guys that leave and, and as soon as they're done, they get into these medical degrees and stuff and start school right away and finish the credits. But they don't stay in school the whole time while they do football. They're going to take advantage of what's shorter, and that's football, and they come back to school. So... A lot of it is just interesting how people say, I think the stay in school mantra is more for high school kids. I don't, I think once you have gotten a chance to 
go to college. I mean, you you complete the whole stay in school route because once you get to college, it's about making money and setting yourself up for that. You can always go to college. You can sign up for a community college right away. Like, but I think the stay in school mantra is definitely more high school based. Left. This is a conversation. I remember we had this conversation offline, and I understand why the NFL has its regulations where they are. Remember we talked about this? I think it was me, you, and Amir talking about this. Dude, Brock Bowers was ready for the NFL last year. Oh, easily. Bryce Young was ready after his second year. Caleb Williams was ready last year. Absolutely. Jadavion Clowney was ready his first year. The high school level (laughs) has evolved and gotten better. Strength and conditioning and the way these kids come into college programs is totally different. Look at Drake Bowen and Jay Osbury. Heck yeah, the best of the best in college football after that sophomore year, they're ready for the NFL. I'm talking about the best of the best. Yeah. They're ready. They just have to come back for a third year because it's NFL regulations. That's it. They just got to go back. Brock Bowers would be killing in the NFL right now. Killing. I mean, look at Zion. Zion, before the weight issues, he was ready. His first time he stepped on the court at Duke. (laughs) He was ready to play, boy. Like, people really think, dude, people really think this is the funny thing. You learn more football when you become a professional than you did in three years in college. That's right. Talk to anybody that makes the next step to the NFL. They will tell you, dude, I had a conversation with Eddie Jackson when I was producing. This dude came from under Nick Saban. I'll never forget. He was at a restaurant on a remote with us. I'm producing a show. I'm chopping it up with him before and after the show. He said, I learned more in my first professional year as a safety than I learned my entire time at Alabama. Easily. You're a professional. Dude, people that play basketball tell you the same thing. I play in college. Man, kids would tell you they learn more playing in the G League than going to college. So it man, look, man, people just had this this fantasy view of college football and and it's like, dude, mm, nah, bro. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Like you got the best of the best. They just come back for the third year because they have to. They have to. They don't have a choice. Yeah, Cam Hart had to come back. He as many injuries as he had, he said, I got to come back. Cam had to put on some better tape, though, too, left. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, like, Cam had to put forth some better that tape. Back have to come back. It's not like they could just, if guys could leave in three, most college football players would. I think that's yeah. how I can say it. If mo- most, I would say 95% of college football starters. If they could do it, they would do it in three and leave, like a Will Fuller out. You played, man. You played with a dude that was ready for the NFL after two years. Jalen Smith, 
Jalen Smith was Jalen was ready for the NFL after two years. Everybody know Jalen wasn't coming back after that Ohio State game season. Yeah, he played. What happened? He played the bowl game against Ohio State, and what happens? Yeah, he shouldn't have played. Hell. Because once he got hurt, everybody didn't care that he played. And if he didn't play, if he had announced that he didn't play, or wasn't going to play against Ohio State, Notre Dame fans would have been like, oh, he doesn't love the team. He's not a team player. Oh, I can't believe he's not playing in the bowl game. This, that, and the fourth. Yep, look what happened to him. He should have looked out for himself. And that's what I'm all for. These young men looking out for themselves. Skip the school. Skip the program. Because they're getting everything they can out of you from a financial standpoint. And on that field. Everything. The quicker you can get to your money, go get it. And if you can line up a Notre Dame degree in three years and set your after football life up, go play. Come back to win no championship, all that fantasy stuff. It ain't your responsibility to win a championship. It's the head coach, it's the head coach's responsibility to recruit the next crew to win a championship. It's not your responsibility. Right. You fulfill, if you fulfill the academic responsibility and in three years you don't win or do whatever, do what's best for you. You don't owe us a school anything. And you don't owe the fans anything. There isn't a player in the Notre Dame that goes to Notre Dame that owes me a thing. None of them. But guess what? On the flip side, We've seen schools, i.e. Marcus Freeman, tell dude straight up, hey, I'm replacing you next year. Absolutely. See, that's, the, <laughs> that's the foolishness of it. We want kids to say four we, years, but then we, we can just flat out tell a kid. We can, we can we, sit Drew, Drew Pine and tell him, like, man, you might want to think about transferring. Yeah, leave, leave out on your before your fourth. Go ahead like, and find you man, somewhere else to go. Right? We can see a Jeremiah Love and take a kid that was one of the first recruits to commit in a 23 class and, tell and him call no. him and his father up like, yeah, like old boy in Harlem Knights. Uh, yeah, put your mom on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I ain't never coming home no more. Have a good life. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, and, and, and Jeremiah Love is sunshine. Yeah, Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, All of that is cool. All of that is cool. All of that is cool. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid, a kid looks out for himself, him and his family. You're supposed to come back and win a championship. All right. Okay. Ian Book had to come back. Ian Book is winning his quarterback because he had to be here. He couldn't leave it after three and go get him no NFL first round Trevor Lawrence money. So let's take him back. You mean the all-time winning his quarterback in Notre Dame history? Because he had to be. He had to keep coming back. Mm. Sam Hartman's another example. Had to keep coming back. He thought college was sweeter than the NFL for his status as of before he left. Man. Now his status is better. Just because mm. he played for Notre Dame. he got, This is the most TV time he's gotten in four years. Nobody was talking about Sam like this till he put a Notre Dame jersey on. Hey, man, if Sam was a first-rounder 
Sam wouldn't be at Notre Dame. Facts. Period. If he was a first-round talent at quarterback, he wouldn't be at Notre Dame. Because he had a good career at Wake Forest. And all of them numbers he put at Wake Forest didn't put him to a first-round talent. Absolutely. So he came to Notre Dame to get some more pub. I mean, hey, we can do that to guys. Look at Jack Cone. Look at Ian Book. Deshaun. Hell, Deshaun played two seasons. And got him in that second round. If Deshaun was at Rutgers, yeah. you think he'd be second round that fast? Mm-hmm. No. So, yeah, and I, put that standpoint. I'll end it with this way. That dude that coaches defensive linemen at Ohio State. We got Jean Baptiste as a transfer, right, left? Yep. If he was that dude at Ohio State, he wouldn't be at Notre Dame. Facts. He'd be in the NFL right now. And Larry Johnson wouldn't have let him leave if he was that dude. Absolutely not. But Larry Johnson has two on his defensive line right now that's going first round after three years. With Tariq Williams, a sophomore, probably going next year after three years. Oh, they and, guess, <laughs> and guess and guess guess who he has coming in in this recruiting class? Justin that's going to leave in three years. I'm I'm telling you now that Justin Scott already has a plan. I'm telling you from firsthand conversation. Justin Scott ain't all of that Peter Pan, Disney, Pixie Dust stuff. Y'all think about college football? No matter what Justin Scott made it, where he was going, it was three years. That's it. Three years and I'm out. That's it. I'm just all we're trying to do is tell you left, you coach on the high school level. You coach against some of the best kids from California. Man, their parents, these parents are crazy, bro. Nico, I, I am a leaver, hasn't taken a snap. Nico is three and out of Tennessee. They already got a plan. Already got a plan. They already got a plan. That is today's high school player, man. That's today's high school player. Yeah. It, it just it's, it's the way things have changed, man. It's the way things have changed. And you know who gets hurt left? Because mm-hmm. now you have the coaches wanting to go get transfers rather than recruits. Because these transfers can get on the field and help me quicker than this recruit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to take a chance on these transfers, and then I'll go get the best of the best recruits that I know can get on the field and help me. Yeah, if you if it's, it turns into if high school recruits can't be ready to play day one, then you might as well go to JUCO and then get recruited out of there until you're, you, know, you get picked up by the right place because now the transfer portal is going to take the – yeah. experienced tested player over the, the un unproven has to be developed project player every time which is 
you know, it's a it's a part of the game is evolving and that, that happens in recruiting, but yeah. It goes back to our original point of it's not on the player to win a championship. Absolutely. At all. You know, Absolutely. but when you are on a team, you want to play your best, obviously, because you're trying to go to the next level. And when all 11 or 22 on the field do that, then, yeah, you get the Georgias of the world, the Alabamas of the world, where, yeah, guys are getting drafted left and right. But it's the coach that put y'all on the same team together. Mm-hmm. And Jay Lamont, please, yeah, please go to the next because you you keep making it worse. Like your points keep getting worse. Jason Adamiola left. Justin Adamiola asked to come back. He wanted to come back. And conversations that I would never release took place, and he didn't come back. Hmm. So like I said, you don't know the inner workings, and you don't talk to these kids. You just on that pixie dust or that 1970s and 1980s student-athlete NCAA stuff. Yes, ask Jason Adamiola why he didn't come back. Or ask Justin Adamiola why he's not here. Has nothing to do with what you're talking about. They both have Notre Dame degrees. Shout out to both of them because they were both on campus for the Ohio State game. But yeah, go ask them why they're not back. It doesn't support your point. Trust me. Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it right at that. We come back, Al Golden talks, and then we'll break down the matchup with the Louisville Cardinals, boy. Woo, some people over on Locked On Louisville have been talking a little trash, left. I might have to put them on the petty train. I have to. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Welcome back, the Anora Boys are in the building, CFB Nation. Presented by Twisted T. That's right. This is what we do. We spin it different. Al Golden met with the media. His defense has been very solid, spectacular to start this season. A surprise to many of us. And um, this is what he thought about his defense's performance thus far against Duke and what they need to do possibly moving forward. flows in games and if you get too emotional or get too high or get too low uh, it's hard to be consistent and I think what they showed is look we knew he was a really good quarterback coming in like a really good quarterback if he could beat us in every facet it was going to be a long night I think the guys did a really good job of eliminating his rhythm throws in the quarterback draw um, and then he got out a couple times against us because he's good you know, um, but we weren't dealing with all the issues in the game. So I think our players did a good job of understanding that and eliminating some of the issues. Uh, we got we got to be better. We got to tackle better. Um, but that's college football. Like every week's a new set of challenges. And besides the scheme that Coach Braun uh, does, um, just really 
really impressed with uh, their personnel. Translation left. Yeah, I had that kind of had Raleigh Leonard in the mix. I had oh, him in the I had him in the blender. I had him confused. He didn't know what was going on. Somebody said something very interesting. Raleigh Leonard as a transfer quarterback, especially if Mike Elko takes another job. That that might be pretty interesting for Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean. It's only interesting if it's a tier one guy transferring in. If it was Drake May coming in, Caleb Williams, Shador, you know, yeah. High, high, high praise. But we've already done the non-tier one quarterback transfer and had success. Jack Cohn set a really good precedent on what is the, the bar for a transfer guy. Because mm-hmm. he was a backup, nobody at Wisconsin. that let Graham Mertz take his spot. So if we can find a guy like that and win 10 games with. <laughs> nothing else is that impressive when it comes to the QBs. That's why I'm like, nothing Sam is really doing is moving mm-hmm. the needle for me just because Jack Cohn been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Jack Cohn threw for 500 yards in the game. Five touchdowns, ball game. Jack Cohn done won the, the Pitts and the Purdue's and the Toledo's. He ain't win no big ones. He ain't beat Cincinnati, just like mm-hmm. just like you ain't beat Ohio State, Sam. So the only thing moving the needle for me is a tier one guy that can change the landscape. All these other guys, right? He'll be no different, right? Leonard will be no different, in my opinion. I think Al Golden's comments were were spot on. I think they've done a really good job of executing game plan for the most part. They've had, you know, you can't expect a defense to dominate the entire game and just hold teams down. That's why the way that defense played against Duke, they gave up two consecutive drives. And you can say, like, man, you can't give those two drives up in the fourth quarter. But you're holding them all game. Man, you know, and it would have been a shame if Notre Dame had lost that game with that defensive effort. It just really would have been a shame. You win football games by scoring points, and if your defense give it up in the last two drives, it's not their fault. You had the whole game to score. You know, it's not make it, take it in football. So if it was make it, take it in football, I would say it's more on the defense because y'all got to stop them. You know, they're going to kill you all game. Mm -hmm. But because football is non-make it, take it, that means you have opportunities every time to get the ball and do something with it. Mm -hmm. If you don't score, it's on the offense. So for defense to give it up like that in the end, it's not their fault. How long can somebody hold on? Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting beat up all game. Eventually, is the floodgates are gonna open. But, by conversely, you got all the opportunity to be on attack mode where they don't even have to worry about it. You know, the defense, if it's leading the football story for your football team, you're a bad football team. Mm-hmm. You're a bad football team. 
defense shouldn't be having to explain how 14 points and 21 points isn't good enough to hold the team off. You got to look at the offense. How the hell they only scored 14, 17, less than 21, and you a premier program and can't win? Mm. We, you tell anybody in the country you hold a top team to 14, 17 points that's used to scoring literally 40-plus a game, literally, you supposed to win that game. You don't even have to watch it. Well, we had to watch the one, obviously, with us because that wasn't even enough. And we looking at defense like, you got 10 men on the field. We lost before that play. Mm. We lost before that play. The fact that we scored. Pre- hey, you, you preaching, boy. I'm about to, put, I'm about, I'm about to play this organ. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm about to play this organ. Seriously, you say something that everybody else is scared to say. We lost before the play. You go in there and score 14 points at the end of the third? Or what was it? The the the, the start of the fourth, end of the third? That's when you score your 14? You playing from behind at that point, even if you ahead. Mm. Because now you're in a position where you finally get over the hump. And the dragon waking up like, oh, that's all you got? Mm. It's 14? Oh, y'all done. I'm finna wake up and turn y'all up. It don't matter how much time's left. Because we the better team. We the dragon. You trying to slay the dragon? You done put the dragon to sleep and just cut off his finger? Mm. That ain't gonna be enough. Because when mm. I wake up, y'all can't do nothing about it because we the best team in the country. Mm. In, in that game. And that's what... Ohio State felt like when that the biggest blow of the game after that long drive was only up a, up a what four points. They probably went to the sideline and be like, "Damn, that's all Notre Dame got, huh?" Three minutes to go. Their best shot is being up four points. And I, I look, it's a lot of Notre Dame fans. I've seen this on social media. It's a lot of Notre Dame fans begging for a rematch, bro. No, we don't want no rematch. Y'all don't want no rematch. No. Because Ohio State is not gonna put up just 17 points in no. rematch. Hell no. Hell no. You give them a month to prepare for Al Golden, like they had a month to prepare for Kirby Smart. Ohio State's putting up 30. Yeah, easily. They're putting up 30. Because that's what it takes to win in January. And what would be our counter to that? That would be my question. What is our counter on offense to be like, all right, now we got to – we ain't relying on the run game to win. Okay. Have we ever had a strategy outside of that? I think it was Jack Cohn, Fiesta Bowl. When, that cat, when that cat Tommy just said, man, we're, we're not running the ball at all today. I knew he was leaving after that because ain't no way he, he get off brand that far. <laughs> he must have talked to Jack before the game. Say, listen, this is my great escape right here. I, I, I we win this game. I you throw for five hundred plus yards. We both out of here. Jack was like, shit. All right, let's do it. <laughs> they went out there and had a show. Man, we thought Tyler Buckner was gonna pop in there for a change of speed. We thought. <laughs> No, none of that. None of that. None of that. <laughs> it was came out and said, 
Let me show you something real quick. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. That dude told Jack Cohn, I'm about to wear your label I'm about out. To wear, look, you're you going to get to the league under me, man. <laughs> I'm going to get you all the tape. All the, I mean, we was we had some plays in there, and I was like, oh, we open. We open, open today. What happened to that? Say, that's 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 Sam's type of game. That's what that game should, versus Ohio State should look like. Because I'm okay with scoring 14 points, and we did something like that. That means we was committed to going out swinging, and, and dang it, if we're going to lose, it's going to be because our quarterback – just didn't didn't pull through. That's the game that I wish we could have had. Sam just threw for four hundred yards, forty uh, or thirty thirty two for forty eight. Mm-hmm. Man, just out there just dealing. That's the games that that you win them, them college classics. Hell. Colorado USC. Colorado was throwing that thing to come back. And they almost did it. So, you know, I think the teams that are winning realize throwing the football is the key to victory. I hope they recognize it, bro. Because it's been evident. It's been evident. You have to be able to put points on the board to win, especially in January. So, Al Golden, what's up your sleep, man? You've been preparing the squad well for each opponent. What's up your sleep for uh, Louisville? And what do you expect? I mean, you know, the, the only thing that matters is how we play today, how we practice today, how we prepare today, and, and uh, the challenges just keep coming. So we got another challenge this week, a dynamic offense. I think they're scoring 37 a game. Uh, can run the ball. Obviously, a veteran quarterback. Got skilled guys that can move it on the perimeter. So it's a uh, it's a great challenge for us. 
I think if we had a translation on this, it would be, yeah, they'd like to score 37, but they're not getting it this week. <laughs> no, I'm not going to give you all the secrets. That's what's up. On how we get, we're going to get to it, but just know every day we we closer to lowering that average on our week to day-to-day preparation, getting ready for this week. Yeah, that's so that 37 that they like to score, it ain't happening. <laughs> That's why I mentioned the number. He ain't mentioned no other numbers today. He said they what they he said, what they have? 37 a game? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one thing that coach I can depend on Coach Al Golden for is that whatever your point total is on the average, mm-hmm. you're not hitting it. You're hitting half of it. And if you can get half, and our offense has to be able to overcome that that other half. To win the football game. That's how it should be when you have a good defense. But we got to be highlighting the game. As an offensive offensive unit and defense is rallying by -hmm. closing them out the way they do. Because you got to think, for us to be in these tight games and even losing the game that we did, we put our defense in a ton of stress. Mm. That's just a stressful position. Oh, just hold them off one more time. Hold them off one more time, one more time. And you ain't getting no help? No easy points, no nothing? And we got turnovers. Mm-hmm. We got an apple turnover, cinnamon turnover, you know. <laughs> we got them turnovers. And y'all ain't doing nothing with them. So for Al Golden to be in stressed positions these last couple games, He's definitely not letting Louisville make it any different. And he keeps saying offense, look, they like 37, they're getting half of that. Can y'all make up the difference? Can y'all make it work? Because if not, I don't know how you're going to win games not scoring points. That's just what I think. Man, left we're out. Left we're out here putting uh, Sam Hartman in the same boat as Ian Book in the chat. Left. <laughs> what do you I'm think? Not, I'm not going that far left. What do you think? I'm not going that far left. That's that's a little bit. Who you nah. think is better? Who do I think is better? Is a better quarterback? Just you know, Sam Hartman is a better passer of the ball. Is he better than Ian Book? Are you kidding me, bro? Do you really want to get into like the film breakdown of Ian Book? At least Sam will throw the deep ball. I'm just will attempt to throw the deep ball. I'm just asking. Ian wouldn't even pull the trigger consistently. Ian and Sam scored the same amount of points in games. When you talk about effectiveness in the game, Ian was more effective in games than Sam has been these first four. Bruh, Ian's offense was struggling against MAC teams at home, bro. You really yeah. want to get into this conversation? Yes. 
Yes, we yes, but it was huh? through Ian though. Wait, 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 wait. Ian almost lost a couple of games at home to subpar teams, bro. Almost. We almost lost to Duke. Well they, did, well, they didn't score. I said subpar team. According to Notre Dame fans, Duke was uh <laughs> it was a what? <laughs> not on the same level. I'm just saying. We heard all week. Duke has uh, Ian Book has played plenty of hyped up Duke games, Syracuse games, Pitt games, Wake Forest hyped up games. You know, I don't see where the difference lies because when it comes to the the brightest of lights, we already established that neither one of them is tier one. Well, so you know, Ian, Ian has that 2020 Clemson game under his under his, his his wing. See, see, right? See. Let me ask you a question though. <laughs> what happened in that rematch though? <laughs> he wasn't tier one. We know what, that. What happened? Well, no, no, no. What happened in that rematch when that other dude was playing that put pressure on? Him? That oh, we, we know what happened. Okay. That's the same thing with Sam. And it's worse because he let a guy that has played exactly 46 games less than him. 46. Outshine him on the night at home. At home. At least Ian won that thing at home now. He got the crowd to run on the field now. He he got that one. (laughs) He did that one. He didn't do it away from home. He did it at home at least. Right. Sam Hartman still got to fix his address to the bank. You know how you I get know. a new address, you got to update your bank info. He ain't even updated his bank info. They're still in North Carolina still. So if, if Al Golden had actually pressured McCord instead of dropping eight on third and 19. Man, we lost Sam, before Sam, that drive. We lost a drive where Sam almost threw a pick on the screen. We lost a drive where Sam fumbling no. the snap, taking the sack on second down when we trying to close the game out. Yeah, that's where we lost. So tell me what Ian Book not doing that. Ian Book gonna go, you know. Bruh, it's some dark <laughs> Ian Book moments, bruh. I, I, I'm not trying to dredge them up. How is the winningest quarterback of all time got dark moments? Hey, bruh, Ian Book has some dark <laughs> moments, bro. How he was some, winning them. Off. He was winning them dark moments. Yeah, bro. He was well, getting those dark moments. Okay, <laughs> barely beating the Mac team at the crib. That ain't, that's nothing to come on, bro. I'm not giving you a pat on the back for that. Why not? It's a W. Not, no, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that. Remember Ball State 20, what, 2018, 2019? At home? We're not doing that. We're not the doing heroic that. effort of coming back. Look, man. If you want to be upset with the offensive production and you want to take it out on Sam Hartman, that's fine, dude. That's fine. But Sam Hartman is a much better thrower of the football than Ian Book. And it's not close. And you know that. You know that, Malik. Stop playing. Now, if you want to get into like, if you want to get into winning games and just being a gamer. And being able to make plays off schedule with his legs and all well, of hold that. Hold on, now what are we asking for? Now we we asking for. I just want to know what we asking for. 
Because that, that sounds like recipe for a win. All I'm saying is Sam has does not Sam does have two more opportunities on the schedule, right? Got one a more big, a we big got win. Clemson. Clemson can't lose the other ACC team. So on the wait a minute, if if Clemson, I would be with you if Clemson was at home. He still has to go into Death Valley at night and play that game. Don't act like that's an easy like that's an easy venue and an easy game. With thirty and you know, and it's team. not it's not it's not the Clemson defense that's bad. He's going up against the best part of Clemson. The Clemson offense is the part that stinks. Wait, Sam is the better option in the game. He, it, no, 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 no. My point is, and I love this because I used to tell Tom Brady fans this all the time. Look, <laughs> I used to tell Tom Brady fans this all the time, dude, especially when they used to argue against Peyton Manning. <laughs> is, look, the Clemson defense is the best part of that team. That's who Sam Hartman has to compete against. He's not competing against Kate Klubnik in that offense. Riley Leonard went crazy on that defense. So like stop stop taking stuff out of context because you know darn well Riley Leonard's stats versus Clemson does not equal he went crazy. He had one big run. He had one big run. They returned a fumble. Oh, come on. What are we doing right now? Sam Hartman can't put up better production than Riley Leonard did against Clemson? Say it again. Sam Hartman can't put up a better productive day than Riley Leonard did against Clemson? Against who? Against Clemson. Okay. Basically, you're saying that counts as another opportunity. That's what you're saying. I'm not comparing Sam Hartman and Riley Leonard for the fact that I think they're similar. I'm saying Sam should be Sam should have handled should handle this opportunity against Clemson like the 30 and no other ACC teams we've been able to deal with. Clemson's lost to two ACC teams in the same year. We haven't lost in three. So you're basically saying Clemson lost to two scrubs? Is that what you're trying to say? Because you're no, trying to make it seem like it's trash because they lost two screws. I'm saying we're 30 and 0 versus ACC teams, and Clemson has lost to two ACC teams this season. And we what, beat what, the team they lost. What were to. those two teams, though? Duke. Uh-huh. Who we should have spanked have mightily. Uh-huh. And we beat who who's beaten Clemson that we're playing, which makes uh-huh. it less of a okay. big game. We beat the bully that beat them up. So what did that make the fight? What does that make the fight? We beat the bully up for beating up the fight that was supposed to be the main event. So basically you're saying the Clemson Clemson game is going to be Canelo against Charlo. <laughs> basically. basically. Uh, just a trash mismatch. That's basically what you're saying? <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you're saying? Nah, Charlo, Charlo is not respected over there after that fight. At all. He's not getting at no all. credit. We're not about to sit there and act like at you all. gave it your all. You didn't. You were running. My man was on the access <laughs> show talking all that trash, showing us his home, his swimming pool. Uh, then he called out Bud, like, you leave Bud out of this because you really don't want any of those issues over there. None. <laughs> you don't want those problems, big fella, as Chan said. <laughs> Because Bud, Bud, Bud more technical than Canelo anyway. Bud going to put it on you. 
But no, I'm just saying that Clemson is lessening themselves getting to this game. Where Sam should feel good enough watching the film that teams like Duke and teams like Florida State and and watching their defense, that there are a lot of things that Sam should be able to handle. Sam's <clears throat> game 55, 56 right now. He got more games than Marcus Freeman's ever coached. So you would expect, matter of fact, Sam's got more games than probably all of the coaches combined on the staff. All that wealth and knowledge and experience should be able to go into Death Valley and do what the better team is supposed to do and be 31-0 and against ACC teams. That's what the expectation is for Sam. Yeah. All right. Cause what did we what did we lose Tyler Buckner for? So now Tyler Buckner is the same quarterback as Sam Hartman. Boy, you are on no. a roll today. See how, you on see a roll to, today. See how you try to see how you try to twist it. No, I'm saying what did I twist it for? What? How did I twist it? You asked the question. I said you we made it seem like what our we? quarterback position. Did we? According to you, wait a minute. Did we upgrade? I don't know. According to you, then because we have, we need to see that happen. That's all. I'm oh, saying. so so you you do believe they upgraded the quarterback position? That's what we all have seen. No, to no, no, no. Stop avoiding the question. You dancing we around. We have the already room. bought it. We bought you're the shirt. Running, you're running like Charlo. We right bought now. the expensive shirt from the store. You, We're you, wearing you. it now. What you want me to say? I'm wearing it. I'm wearing the shirt. You're running, I done, I done you're picked running. it out. I done spent the, the extra little cash. I didn't want to at, at first, but I got it. I'm wearing it. It is what it is. Left, left. You in here like Jamel Charlo right now, bro. How? <laughs> you're dancing. You, and you running. We got the better quarterback, like the more expensive shirt. We went from polo to a nice little, you know. Wait a minute. Hold on. Up. Where you about to go? You say polo, that's like where polo is not something you start at the bottom. Are you kidding me? See, you must be more? you must be a used Versace to like a, shirt you, you must be used polo to the polo shirt. factory shirt. <laughs> you know, you have you seen how much a purple label shirt costs? Go to the polo store, not the polo factory store. Go to the polo mansion in New York or in Chicago. And ask for a button-down purple label polo shirt, and look at the price tag. Then come talk to me. Look how specific you gotta get just to find one shirt. Well, see, I'm a polo dude, so I know my wife has bought me polo suits and shirts for my birthday. Okay, what's and the, accessories? What's the I go to New so, York. So I don't know. Label. What's it running me? Purple label, nice button-down shirt. It's gonna hit you about. Four or five hundred. A nice Versace the shirt. Tie, the tie is going now, depending upon if you start getting into the suits, the suits are going to be like two, three thousand. Easy. Is Sam a purple label or is he a Versace? Heck no. No, no, no. Sam <laughs> is not a purple label. So, okay. Now, if that's the case, you're asking me, Sam is like, Sam is like a nice. <laughs> Sam is like a nice polo rugby. Mm. Okay, those are nice. He's a nice, 
polo new release rugby. Those will run you anywhere from like 150 to 300. Okay. <laughs> so, nah, you know, I've never been one of these Versace silk shirt P. Diddy wearing dudes. Not like that. But Versace probably runs you about what? A button down shirt? No silk shirts? No, I haven't worn silk shirts since high school, bro, when they were in. <laughs> Back in the okay. day when you had the Jabos and the Rayon shirts. Okay, or, not or silk. silk but, uh, what do they call that cotton? That that Egyptian cotton. You know, them, them real nice, the real nice shirts, the real nice button down ones. You wouldn't wear nothing like that? Like the, oh, what's it called? Uh, Tommy Bahama style shirts. See, Jay Henry said a good bunch of Saatchi shirt to run you 450 to 500. That's what I'm saying. Well, like I said, a purple label is going to run you about the same amount. <laughs> you got to go. The, 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 the ties and the accessories, 200 at the at the polo mansion <laughs> you got king polo sean davis on here man hey bro i'm just saying i do the pillows i do the uh blankets man if i had a son if i if i did have a son with my wife it would be embarrassing what his bedroom would have looked like as a toddler <laughs> he would have had bears all over the place. Yeah. It would have been bad. It would have been really bad. So, yeah, Sam Harmon is a nice rugby left. Yeah. He's a you nice. tried to make him, you know, by, by mentioning Ian Book, you try comparing him to Ian Book, you're trying to make him sound like a knockoff. <laughs> That's what he's you're doing. He just, he's like a. He just got two of the same shirts, man. That's all. So he's not. Oh, wait a minute. He's not showering and he's not changing clothes. Is that what you're saying? That that that's basically what you're saying. We saw back to back similar performances against Ohio State and Duke. So this dude basically wore the same shirt both games. Well, I mean, Ian Book is Ian Book is hard to replace, man. He's the winningest quarterback of all time. You got Sam Hartman, who is supposed to be in his height as the, the, the missing piece. All we needed was Sam Hartman, and we would have been fine. Unfortunately, their career trajectory is on the same on the same path, on the same lane. I don't see too much of a difference, except Sam has damn near just as many games, just a little more passing yards than Ian Book. Hmm. But from a legacy standpoint, what's the difference? Jay Henry said that uh, Ian Book is a Tommy Hill figure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Left. I don't even know if I would give him Tommy Hill figure. He might be not. A, he might be not. A, so once again, 6.30 Central Time, Cardinal Stadium, 
the line right now, you can get, I think it's a seven and a half, a certain sports book, six and a half at most. I did see a sports book that had it down to five and a half, meaning some money must be coming in on the Cardinals. Notre Dame is the third consecutive year facing quarterback Jack Plummer. Last year, when he came in with the Cal Bears, Notre Dame was able to sack him six times. He has limited mobility. Notre Dame should be able to, man, Notre Dame should be able to get after him. They do have the leading rusher in the ACC at running back. They have two really like good run running backs. Yeah, for sure. They run the ball 54% of the time. We talked about that earlier in the year. Al Golden talked about figuring them out. He understands the veteran quarterback, and he understands the big-time three wide receivers they have with size and speed. They love to throw it deep. They love to throw up the 50-50 balls. They like chunk plays. Bring it on. Here we go. Yeah. Bring, bring it on. on. There's Ben, there's Cam. What you want to do? Bring it on. Should be a challenge, man. It should yeah, be a challenge for this. Yeah, what you want to do, man? Should be a challenge for this secondary. He said 34 points a game. Al Golden mentioned that. You translated that very well. Like Notre Dame more than likely is going to hold them to 20 or less points. Meaning that, you know what, man? That's the thing. It, it has to feel great as an offensive unit to walk on the field and know or say to yourself, hey, if we can get 17, if we can get 20 points, we're winning this game. I mean, yeah, you would. I mean, you, man, I tell you what, you talk about a huge relief when you can depend on your defense like that. At this point, you're just trying to do everything you can to help the defense out in that aspect. You want to be able to score as much as you can because you know you can get the ball more. Yeah. It is uh, – teams only completing 47% of their passes against Notre Dame's secondary, bro. And that's we without – been been the robber. Yeah, and that's without an enormous amount of stacks. Like, you think that would coincide with a team that sacks the quarterback a lot? No. Notre Dame has covered their t- – they've covered really well against teams this year. Well, we're not can, can, uh, um, attributing the fact that we missed a ton of tackles. Yeah, yeah. So, if we wasn't such a tackle-missing team, we'd probably have more sacks and make it more – and it, make it more, makes it more make sense. I don't know what it is, bro. Like, getting us to miss tackles in the backfield is about as easy as hitting that left two or that right two on the PlayStation controller. Like, it's that simple. It's an excitement thing, you know. When you get back there, you do your job, you're like, oh, it works. And then you get there, and then the guy just calmly sidesteps you. It makes you look foolish. It's just, you know. It's pain that happens, but listen, when you prepare for the moment and you're doing all the little things in practice throughout the week, we shouldn't be missing those tackles. So it's about attention to detail, something that I know Al Golden is probably big on being an NFL coach. 
And it's something we got to get better on because he's going to continue to be who he is. Oh, absolutely. He's to get better. You're right about that. He is definitely going to continue to be who he is. <laughs> he, he, I expect I, plenty of pressure. Yeah, yeah. To he, be applied <laughs> to Jack Plummer. What did he say? He said 37. That's what y'all used to? All right. Yeah. We got something for that. We got something for that. Like you said, Hartman was 15 at 30 for 222. Very in bookish. Heck, the 25 yards, the 23 yards he rushed for were, were bigger than the yards he passed for. Very in bookish. Y'all don't want to, you know, I told you they the same height. Yeah, man. No dang defense. They rank 11th in total defense, man. 271 yards per game. Fourth in passing yards allowed at 146. Louisville is used to putting up 312 yards per game. Rushing yards. Now, this is the thing. We told you that Louisville has the leading rush in the ACC. Notre Dame is 52nd in rushing yards allowed at 124 per game. We told you, man, once again, rushing yards per game has gone up again under Marcus Freeman and Al Golden. So, and we keep saying Notre Dame is not going to be a championship level defense until they can get that rushing yards per game closer to 100 yards or even under that. That's right. You're not going to win too many games giving that many rushing yards up because that creates a balance that the offense can have that can hurt your defense, especially if you're not scoring points in bunches. Would you attribute – this is me. I'm being petty right now, love, before we get out of here. To see the rushing yards continually go up on an annual basis, is that something you can just simply point to the linebacker position? Uh, it'll be a big factor for sure. Yeah. Well, Notre Dame gets a lot of players back this week. Uh, Eli Raritan should return. Jaden Thomas, Jaden Greathouse. Uh, Nolan Ziegler is on his way back. So Notre Dame goes into this game much healthier than they were against against Duke. Uh, Jewel Worker says, who do you have, Oklahoma or Texas? Left? Oh, I'll tell you right now, I have Texas. I don't think Oklahoma's really played anybody. Huh? So Texas is going to be a huge step up in competition. You think, yeah, I think Texas, uh, I mean, this is Texas make it a breaking game for me. I think a lot of it is because they're so used to being hyped up and then falling short when they don't need to. So I'm, I'm wanting Texas to win. Quinn Ewers, keep holding it down because I know he's fighting the battle against Arch Manning in the QB room, always on his back and trying to actually be productive for, for Texas, that, which they haven't in a long time. I just don't trust Dylan Gabriel against a good Texas defense. That Tech Gabriel, let me tell you something. If you have not, like, pay, I didn't really pay attention against Alabama. 
because I was paying more attention to the offense for Texas. Right. The, the two defensive tackles that Texas has are nice. Man. Yeah, them brothers is good. It's a big dudes, bro. Those are the type of big dudes Notre Dame needs to start getting in the middle of that defensive line. Like, yo. Tell me about it. Tell me about man. it. Man. Like, I love Howard Cross. Don't get me wrong. He's very productive. You get them big meat eaters, boy. You can't replace size, though, man. Man. Just can't do it. So, yeah, I think we both have Texas to win that game. Texas still struggles in the secondary. You can make some hay. Kansas had a little bit of success. But that front seven for Texas is just really physical and just... They went to Alabama and pushed Alabama around, bro. That's right. That's that's pretty impressive. That still might be the most impressive win on the year. Yeah, the way it physically they did it. Absolutely. But left, you already know what time it is, man. Very good. Very it's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Anora Whiskey and AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Bro, it's getting worse in Chicago. Whoever doing these armed robberies on the north side, man. Now they hemming up the DePaul campus, bro. Students scared to come out, walk at night, scared to go to the library. It's bananas, bro. I was just downtown the other night, and I'm like, it got to 11 o'clock, and I was headed back south, though. I can tell you that. I was like, no, sir. You will not catch me in that time frame down here. Not after the street lights, huh? No. It was like a quarter to 11. I was like, all right. I'm about to head south. They are not about to catch me slipping. No smoke around there, huh? Nah, man. I'm going to throw the Chicago Bears on the petty train. Look, man. Why don't you get mad at Chase Claypool when your quarterback said the exact same thing the previous week? Because Chase not producing, man. Chase is not producing like he should. And 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 how can you have a defensive head coach that, that is about to give up? Because it's going to happen. They're going to give up 25 points tonight. You can book that. So you can that book one. it? So that will be 15 consecutive games. 
How you know they gonna give up fifteen, Sean? They can play in spot. I'm not. A, I promise you, I'm not a betting man, but I would almost put money down on the Commanders scoring over twenty five tonight. And Sam I'm not a betting not man. Sam Howe not that good, man. Say it again. Sam Howe is not that good, man. No, it's not about Sam Howe. It's that the Bears are worse. You do realize tonight that the Bears won't have any of their secondary starters playing. None of the starters are playing. No Eddie Jackson, no Jalen Johnson, no Kyler But they getting Gordon. paid too, though. Oh, the backups? The secondary. You talking about the backups? They are getting paid money too. Money. Yeah, the dudes they brought up off the practice squad, that's who's playing. <laughs> Only 24, first and second pick of the draft. I don't know if you heard this story or saw it. This guy went on Reddit. It's all over the place. He went on Reddit. Reddit is a scary place to me. I've never really frequented Reddit, but he went on Reddit and posted, a, I guess, a video. This guy came home. His, uh, his wife was sitting there telling him about her day. And he turned around and was like, dude, would you shut up? God, you talk so much. And then he finished off the statement by saying, my mother was right about you. Good grief. That was, that was mad petty, bro. I said, come on, man. She just wants you to hear about her day at work, bro. You. Yeah, that's the like, quickest way to that's like, quickest way to get in an argument. Tell you like, that. Man, so he came. This is the petty part. He came on Reddit asking whether or not he was out of line. <laughs> True story. Yeah, He's like, man, we've been married three years. I just want to know, guys, do you guys think I was out of line? Like, really, bro? Duh, duh. Ask. Duh. Yeah, you, 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 you tone, you tone there. Like, first of all, you post the video and embarrass her, and then you got to come ask people on Reddit. Ask, it's like, is that video wrong or not? Because I'm pretty sure I was right. writing that video. No. That's what girls are saying. You guys are narcissists. Now, I'm like, if I'm her, I'm like, man, what, what did your mother say about me? Yeah, straight up. It's a whole other video now. Now you got to make another video for Reddit. Like, yo. We got to see part two, what they say. Is it cool? Is it cool for in-laws, like, even if you marry somebody, I think it's cool for the in-laws to be indifferent or feel how they feel for, like, at least a year. Right. I'll give you another year or two to feel the way you feel. But after that, you you just need to let whatever you have let it go. go. Let it go. <laughs> You know, especially if grandchildren come along, it's like okay. Yeah. Let that let that little beef you got go. Let it go. Yeah. You got anybody? Because I had to put that dude on a petty train. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Lucky lefty. Lucky lefty. We out of here. No CBS for left this weekend, which means. He gets to suffer through the game with us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow with our prediction show.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.